Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to episode 255 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> You've added the crash noise in. I thought it was appropriate this week. I, I was going to start off with a sort of... What, Bex is trapped down a well again, lassie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God, if only it wasn't a likely reason for why I was 10 minutes late today. Um, I've not given myself any more concussions. You'll be pleased to hear. Yes, yes, tell the listeners how you gave yourself a concussion in the first place. I had finished my Twitch stream. It was it was sort of past midnight. We'd ran over a bit. I, I went to get ready for bed. I was um, watching Kim Justice's stream, who's another a good retro streamer and having a natter to them i managed to get some makeup remover products in my eye went to get a tissue to remove that forgot a cupboard door was open and stood up directly underneath a open very very solid cupboard door and i know it's solid because i built it and um gave myself a, a rather neat concussion I, and it was a genuine concussion as well which is impressive. it was it's funny a lot of people to start with thought i was joking and then people started to clock I wasn't joking and kind of swapped from taking the mix to trying to get me to go to hospital. But it, it wasn't bad enough to need going to hospital. It was, but it, I was concussed. Yes. Uh, I had to lay down for some time. I laid down all the next morning and then my words were in the wrong order and stuff for a chunk of the stream I did the next day as well. But <laughs> I, I could tell, like I knew how I did it and uh, I could tell how bad it was. And uh, weirdly, I've given myself a concussion before. Yeah, so what a shock. I, I had a benchmark uh, to compare it to so it was it was fine people found it vaguely amusing people kept uh, telling me it was different days of the week and uh, that I hadn't eaten my lunch yet and <laughs> just generally you know we'll roll with it we'll roll with it um, but no for anyone who has a concussion and they're not they've not had one before and they don't know if it's serious or not or if it was um, to, to the point where you were nearly throwing up or dizzy or had lasting symptoms do go to A&E uh, but I, I, I knew that it was, you know, a fairly minor in the, in the scale of things one and uh, just had a comedy hilarious consequences, apparently. Yes, well, it's always like that with you. <laughs> it usually is, it usually no, no, is. No, it's okay, Flipper. Lassie told me, we've got her out the hole now. You're digging yourself on quite neatly, though, so we'll see which of these animals rescues you by the end of the stream, shall we, mate? Shall we do that? So other than that... Yes, what else have you been up to? Running away from Fluffy and hiding in cupboards. 
Right, yes, you've been doing your alien isolation stream again. Yes, it turns out that the uh, Saturday Scream streams are apparently my most popular ones, because as well as <laughs> laughing at me for noily knocking myself out, watching me run away from, uh, we've called the Xenomorph Fluffy for context, watching me run away from Fluffy and sending me jump scares and things, which are so, they were so on it this week, the timing, the timing <laughs> of the jump scares was Oh my goodness, props to my viewers there because they like they were waiting till I was just leaving, like just exiting one of the little cupboards in the game that you can hide in from from the alien yeah. or just sticking my head around a corner or something like that. They they were on it with the timing of those jump scares. I yeah. Excellent. I'm so proud I, of those I, I guys. I a packet of biscuits for uh, for comfort. And uh <laughs> we made some progress in the game though. It's weird because I am very very scared of the game. Yeah. And there are bits where I'm critiquing, you know, I kind of swap between being terrified actually kind of vaguely enjoying bits of the game to critiquing the design of the game and stuff because there are some amazingly atmospheric bits and there's some other bits where i've spotted some some flaws in in the design or in the user interface and stuff like that and i'm like go into like design critique mode <laughs> uh, then go back to screaming and running away in terror so atmosphere wise they've done a very good job with that game yeah i have played it a little bit i haven't played it all that much i think i possibly got to that point where you kind of almost rage quit it last week um, and uh, I ended up stopped playing with it but I, I have got a copy of it so I may go back and mess around with it a bit more. Yeah apparently I'm on mission 7 of 19 or something which sounds like a reject from uh, Borg yes. but I've got a way to go and I'm kind of now thinking originally it was only supposed to be a one off stream now I'm thinking I'm going to finish it and they've queued up like my viewers have sent me Dead Space to follow it up with <laughs> so it's an old going thing now yeah. so I, yeah I spend my time now you know the nice chatty daytime streams playing we've been playing Story of Thor in the evening streams well Beyond Oasis it was called over in the States which is an action RPG on the Mega Drive that's nice we like that <laughs> that's just got pixelated monsters in it that don't yes. actually bite your head off when you don't even know they're there um, and I also did a run through on Friday of uh, Metal Slug X which I've never played before I don't know if you played you play mm. the Metal Slug games no I don't think so they are run and gun games they were out in the arcade they're also uh, all on the Neo Geo I think they've been ported to various other things as well but that was kind of where their, their primary home was and I've never played them before I obviously never had access to it Neo Geo when that yeah. was released because they cost an absolute fortune you know if you compare yeah. that in, in 1990 the SNES cost £149 which is a lot of money yeah. uh, the Game Gear cost 99 the Neo Geo then this is not adjusting for inflation okay this is in 1990 the Neo Geo cost 650 that's crazy so, it was pretty much only particularly known in, in Japan as yeah, well yeah. it was not you know you'd have to be very very rich and dedicated to have one one of those yeah. um, over here. So yeah, and I, I wasn't big, you know, a, a bigger person in the arcades. We weren't able or afford to go to arcades. So I've never played the the Metal Slug games, and they're amazing. Like I know about them, I've seen little bits of them, but I've never actually played them before. And it was suggested by someone challenged me on because I do my ant stream streams on Friday. Someone challenged me to do a challenge in it, which I lost immediately. <laughs> and then I was like, I actually want to play this game. And the animation's amazing because it's still 
pixely, but it's updated pixely. And it's it's such a beautiful game. It's so funny. It's so chaotic. It is a quarter eating arcade game. I got through and we just kept throwing quarters in it to just do a whole <laughs> through. Um, I, but I think I'm going to go back because you have to learn the patterns. You have to learn what everything does in the game. Right, and it, yeah. it's so funny. It has a kind of plot, kind of, but it's very, very tongue in cheek, wonderfully animated and incredible fun as well they have that that balance that even though i was having to throw a million quarters into it and i need to go back and play it many many more times to learn it it's one of those games where i feel like it's going to get more fun the more i learn the patterns and learn what the things do and i think that may be a thing that i end up doing now uh, as well as i want to go back and play more streets of rage 4 because i want to learn to play cherry because i only play blaze right. and yeah i can i can see i can see both of those games going into the repeat play roster in the yeah. way games i played as a kid used to yeah. which i think is really really lovely because with some modern games i've played them through and i kind of feel like i've played them they're done yeah i think so they're, they're, they're kind of story ones and yeah. yeah this is just the pure fun and nonsense type of game and uh they, they've both got a lot of replayability yeah what have you been playing i obviously was playing satisfactory for the longest time i finally managed to kick that although i have started on something else now uh anon 1800 which are you aware of the anon game these city builder strategic city builder games they're like sim city but the next level right kind of yeah they're kind of city builders but have a real-time strategy element to them as well so they're this sort of interesting hybrid mix where you're you're building up your city and you have production chains so if you want to build bricks you've got to make sure you've got the clay and then you've got to have something somebody build the bricks out of them and then you can use them to build bigger things and bigger thing so you know i'm very much into those sort of strategy construction chain sort of things the thing is i I got anon 1800 because it's on the epic game store as well they had their big sale on um so i bought it and they had this thing where uh you got a 10 pound voucher and every time you bought a game that was in the sale they gave you the 10 pound voucher back (laughs) so it was sort of this continuous loop of you having this extra 10 pounds to be able to spend on things yeah they got you there they got you good Um, so i bought the game because it was on a sale i bought all the dlc as well because why not and there's there's like two seasons or there's a season and a half out i think there's still some more dlc coming out for it the game itself is is set at the start of oh yeah 1800 it's the start of this sort of industrial revolution so you start off with sailing ships and it moves into like steamships and stuff and you're on various islands and you've got to set up these production chains because there are only certain resources on each of the different islands so you might have furs on one island you might have coffee on the other and the population that you put down demands furs and coffee so you've got to kind of ship them backwards and forwards and stuff the dlc opens up additional areas so you start off in the old world and then you can go into the new world where you can get kind of sugarcane and that and cotton and that sort of stuff the dlc also adds an arctic area as well and a couple of other areas the thing is the dlc is obviously designed for people who have played out most of the main game and then gone on and done the DLC. So when you start playing a game from scratch with the DLC installed, you're suddenly bombarded with like, oh, you can now open this area and then this area and then you've got to build that up and then you've got to build this other area up and all the production chains kind of come together, but they're expecting you to have already built a sort of decent base in the main starting area in the first place. And when you haven't, it becomes this job of kind of 
plate spinning to try and make <laughs> sure that you've got enough resources going in the kind of opening area to feed the other areas as well. So it's it's kind of slightly more frantic than you'd expect one of those games to be because you end up jumping backwards and forwards between the old world and the new world and the Arctic. And uh, I think there's a desert world coming up as well. So uh, there's, there's lots of different things, but it's really, really good fun. I'm really enjoying it. And it's, it's another one of those where you just lose hours and hours and hours on these things. So I can tell your cat's meowing in complaint in the background. Yes, he is. He's being annoying. Um, <laughs> he says, you've not fed me in a week. You've just been taking care of all the citizens in an imaginary game. He has been. Why, yeah, are, you I, not, I, why are you spinning plates? <laughs> why are you not spinning cat food bowls? That's what the cat's saying right there. He has been fed downstairs. He's just been outside and now wants treats. That's what it is. So, yeah, I, I've been really enjoying playing that. That's been really good fun. That's really been the main game I've been playing. TV-wise, I'm kind of catching up with stuff right now. So I'm still working my way through The Outer Banks. I finished the Alex Ryder series, which was a good, solid little show. It looks like it's going to get a second season that as well, which I'm very happy about. If it does get a second season, because it was obviously it was made without a broadcaster attached and then they sold it to Amazon. So we don't know whether Sony's going to do the same thing again and just make it and then sell it to Amazon again or whether Amazon will actually get on board as a partner this time around. But uh, they've not officially announced that that is coming back, but it's looking extremely likely that it's going to. In terms of new things, one thing I did catch was there was a show on Channel 4 called The Great British Dig. For somebody who grew up on Time Team, do you remember Time Team? I love that show. I do remember Time Team, yes. I really love that show. It's Hugh Dennis that they've got as the presenter for this. I think it was a one-off. And there's a, a, a town where they knew that there was a Roman bathhouse underneath a bunch of these houses that they built. And they basically wanted to go back and see if there was anything surrounding that bathhouse. The problem is that they've built a bunch of houses on top of it now. So what they were doing was they were going to people's houses and knocking on doors and asking if they could dig up people's gardens for it. Um, and it was it was lovely. I mean, it was a very British thing. And they, they found a few bits and pieces and they got kind of a bigger idea of what the area was like. But I rather hope they do more of those because I think that was just a one-off. But it's got that kind of time team feel to it because they get kind of a week and it gets the local community involved as well which i think is a nice angle with this and uh, i i love those sort of shows i love those kind of archaeology shows and um i i really enjoyed that i thought it was a it was a great sort of throwback to the old kind of time team idea so uh, i hope they do a few more of those but that was on um, channel yeah, 4 yeah it would be nice to see more things that's kind of like the history generally around us yeah yeah in that kind of way like it's kind of nice that they're not necessarily finding like new ginormous buildings out in the middle of nowhere what they're doing is looking at just kind of the history that exists all around us on a day-to-day -day basis because obviously you know everywhere where there are settlements and houses there were probably settlements and houses before yeah. they're built in advantageous locations so there is likely that there is history under loads of places where people have built houses again since so that's kind of a cool idea i think yeah i don't know whether that was just planned as a one-off but i certainly something i think they 
could make a series out of. I would love to see more of that. The other thing that I watched this week was Birds of Prey, or to give it its full title, Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yes, um, which should basically be the title. Yes. Yeah, the first bit is uh, definitely should be the uh, subtitle. Yeah, absolutely. It is very, very much a Harley Quinn movie. I rather enjoyed it. It's kind of silly. It's very cartoonish, which I think works with it being Harley Quinn. And I actually think they could have pushed it a bit further than they did. They included slightly too many characters and wanted to do slightly too many different things. And if they'd made it more of just a Harley Quinn centric movie and then it was kind of Harley and friends. Yeah. I think that would have worked a lot better. One of the, the rumours that flew around originally were that they were going to make a Gotham City Sirens film. Yeah. Which I was all in favour of because that's Harley, Ivy and Catwoman, their, their friendship and their sort of like, well, they're living together in, in the comics for that. But even right, if you yeah, wanted yeah. to just take that vague concept, because obviously they, they all have close ties to each other. And then you've got, you know, a lot of comic book material to dive into there and you can go off in your own direction as you as you want with the exact plot. But you've got the, the big name characters to bring people in because most people have heard of Catwoman and Poison Ivy. Instead, they went for a bunch of characters that your general mainstream audience may not have heard of. And um, for some random reason, added a completely new character, but gave them the name of a very yeah. existing established character just to slightly frustrate people like me because now we can never see Cassandra Kane yeah. as, as Batgirl in the DC movie universe which I think is a massive shame because she's an awesome Batgirl and has the coolest costume um, yeah. it was yeah they made some strange choices with it I did enjoy it for a lot of it but I think that it was a, a slightly strange production it had some awesome choreography for the, the fight scenes and things yeah. like that they were great fun very cartoony and enjoyable and there was some good bits of dialogue and things obviously I was frustrated by only one hyena and yes, the hyena I being know. called Bruce but yeah I, I, it was it, I don't, it's one of those films where I don't regret watching it but I probably won't be buying the Blu-ray and yeah. there's some of my favourite characters in it so yeah. I'm interested to see what they do next mm-hmm. I'd like them if they're just making Harley Quinn movies to just own the fact they're making Harley Quinn movies yeah. also maybe if Harley Quinn could be less Tank Girl and more Harley Quinn that would be cool Yeah, <laughs> it's got some really good fun parts in it definitely the choreography and the action scenes have got some nice bits and pieces and I like the fact they had a whole action scene on roller skates and stuff like that because why not yeah. you know tie, that ties into the new comics which yeah. is nice and there's a bit when she goes into the police station and she's using the kind of glitter gun bag cannon thing that I thought was quite good as well I thought they, that was quite fun and made for some yeah, quite nice visuals posters in the background of that scene are like other characters from Suicide and stuff as well which yeah. is funny when you start spotting all the little easter eggs yeah um, so overall I think it's fun it's silly enjoyable if you are a fan of the comic books there are going to be bits that annoy you like the Cassandra Kane thing and other little bits like that and I, I'm sort of with you I don't know why they didn't go down the Gotham City Sirens route which is sort of what they've done with the animated series which is running on E4 at the moment yeah. which is brilliant and, and I think it would have made a lot more money if you had posters mm. up saying we've got Catwoman Ivy and Harley Quinn yeah 
I think you, I think it would have just been a much easier sell. And if they're just going to focus mostly on Harley anyway, mm. you wouldn't have needed to then try and introduce and explain and put all that exposition in and have a whole bunch of other characters. It's like they were sort of, I don't know, maybe they felt three characters weren't enough and they wanted it to be more Suicide Squad. to just throw an extra maybe. handful in. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that there's, there's potential in the series, but I don't think they've nailed it yet. No, they do make some weird decisions with the movies and it's weird how they manage to get it very right in animation and you know the Arrowverse does a reasonable job but the films they 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 kind of yeah they just panic and kind of go in an odd direction and I don't get it speaking of of uh, not getting it and going in the wrong direction the uh, the Snyder Cut of uh, Justice League got a clip which is sort of trying to correct the wrong direction that they went in with the uh, Joss Whedon cut of Justice League and uh, this introduces a little tiny bit of dark side in the clip this looks like it's going to be very interesting i think yeah i never thought this was going to happen Um, yeah this is a very unexpected and bold move well i think we have the coronavirus to thank for this because i think hbo max was looking for new interesting content to put out and there's been such a cry for people to release the Snyder Cut and HBO Max needed something that they could film fairly easily. And of course, most of the Snyder Cut is actually there. They've got a bunch of visual effects and things in a couple of pickup shots they need to do. But apart from that, most of it's done. Though I wonder certainly if we'll get a rumor. decent Suicide Squad movie as well, because most of that was filmed. Yeah, well, I think we'll probably have to see how well this goes out next year. Because, I mean, that's the thing, of course, we don't know whether this is going to be any good or not. It's just a lot of people assumed it's going to be better than the cut that was released, but we honestly don't know. So uh, It'll we'll be fascinating for comparisons, and if they want people talking about their movies, every yeah. YouTuber worth their salt is going to do a massive comparison thing between the two versions. And I think it also it's very interesting because it's going to show a lot of people who might not be massively versed in, in film theory or, or know a huge amount about the impact of things to see the difference between two teams working on exactly the same thing with a lot of the same footage yeah i think that's just that's just a that's something we never ever get to see Uh, you hear it so with so many movies and so many things where there was another version in the works or someone else had a different Mm. vision for it and this is one of the few times where you're actually going to get to see what that all Mm. you know it's literally like they're making a multiverse out of their movies uh, with the real life things that happen behind the scenes and I'm incredibly fascinated and um, yeah I, I, I really didn't think they'd do it so props to them there they they completely blindsided me with that plot twist yeah I'm really interested to see it for I mean like I say I don't know whether it is going to be any better but just out of pure interest I want to see what that version of the film is like we don't know exactly whether it is going to come out of a film as a film either it's going to be released on HBO Max next year we don't know where it's going to be in the UK although I strongly suspect it'll end up either on Sky Store or it will end up on HBO over here or something. But it's possible that they're actually going to split it up and turn it into a kind of series, split it into sort of six chunks or something. We'll have to wait and see exactly what they do with it. But uh, it looks interesting. We are going to be getting some more clips of it, but uh, not for a little bit because the other thing sticking with Warner Brothers is they announced a thing this week called 
DC Fandom, which is basically an online comic con. They're describing it as a free global virtual fan experience is what they're describing it as. But they have really gone all out. It's basically they're saying that they're going to be uh, clips and stuff from the new Aquaman, the Batman, Batwoman, Black Adam. I suspect we may get an announcement of who the new Batwoman is at this. Black Lightning, DC Superhero Girls, Legends of Tomorrow, Stargirl, Doom Patrol, The Flash, Harley Quinn, The Snyder Cut's going to have some more bits, some announcements about Lucifer, Pennyworth, Shazam, Suicide Squad, Supergirl, Superman and Lois, Teen Titans Go, Titans. They're talking about maybe something about The Watchmen as well, which could be interesting. Uh, Wonder Woman, Young Justice Outsiders. So yeah, they're basically, it's an online convention that is going to have panels and stuff relating to all the current DC TV and film properties, which I think sounds like it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be up on dcfandome.com on Saturday, the 22nd of August for 24 hours, it will be up for. So they're expecting people to be glued to the website for 24 hours. And interestingly, what they're also doing is they are having local presenters. So it will be in native languages for non-English speaking places. So they're saying that it's going to be uh, Brazilian, Portuguese, Chinese, English, French, German, Italian, Japanese, Korean, Spanish. They're going to do it in. Although it is a live stream, they will cut to segments for local areas for people to do things in their own language, which I think is a really nice and interesting idea and good way to do it. And it's got lots of different zones where you you can sit and watch fans can communicate with each other there's a kids area they're inviting people to send in uh, fan stuff and cosplay as well so uh, yeah this looks like it's going to be really awesome yeah definitely it's a really awesome idea and i'm glad that they've uh, they've put that together for people because i think it is lovely to have these big online community global events and i hope that when the world does start to return to normal then perhaps some of these online elements will be included in events moving forward so that people can share them a bit more globally. Yeah, that would be great. I like the fact that they're big sort of global online things as well. I mean, even if they do do the events somewhere in real life as well, I hope they continue with the online stuff because you can only do this sort of event in one particular place. So even if they did do a DC Fan Dome event in New York or LA or something... I would hope that they keep the online one going in the same way as well. That would be great because everybody gets to experience it in the same way as well. Just some people will be there in person. So that's definitely something to look forward to. There was one other thing, of course, that happened this week. We lost Ian Holm, the lovely actor who played Ash in Alien. He was in The Fifth Element. He was in Ratatouille as well. Uh, And uh, of course, most beloved for playing Bilbo Baggins in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. He was 88 years old. I know he'd been in fairly ill health for a while to the extent of he couldn't actually travel when they filmed The Hobbit and they actually flew bits of The Hobbit set to the UK from New Zealand to film his bits and then flew them back out again so he didn't have to travel so they took the set to him instead, which I thought was wonderful. I'm very sad to see him go and seemed like he was an absolutely lovely guy. Just before we go into the 
TV and film news. I had a little clip which I thought was appropriate. I thought of an ending for my book. And he lived happily ever after to the end of his days. And I'm sure you will, my dear friend. Goodbye, Gandalf. Goodbye, dear Wilbur. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, TV and film news this week. We kick off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups, but uh, this is somewhat expanded this week because we finally got to a point where all the US networks have pretty much renewed or cancelled all their shows. This usually happens early on in May, but because of the coronavirus and none of the upfronts where they announced all the new shows happened, this has been rather stretched out. So it's taken until now before all the cancellations came in. So we now have finally got through everything. There was a few new cancellations that happened this week. Bone Collector, I think we mentioned last week, that had been cancelled. There was uh, Bluff City Law and Indebted and Perfect Harmony that were all cancelled on NBC as well. So those were the last ones we were kind of waiting for. Just running through the various different main five big US networks, there were some interesting ones, actually. I mean, CBS, uh, I think the weirdest one, actually, was Man With A Plan out of the CBS lot, which was Matt LeBlanc series, which was four seasons in. And you kind of think, ex-Friends star, you're four seasons in already, and they decide to cancel it. I thought that was that was a bit weird there was also an Eddie Falco drama called Tommy which you know again a big star and and that got canned over on ABC we had uh, Emergence which we mentioned before we know that's gone which is a real shame because uh, did you watch any of that that sci-fi show I haven't actually watched any of it and uh, it's been canned after one season so now it's on my list of uh, should I bother does it have any kind of conclusion kind of a question mark now yeah I mean I'm watching it weekly at the moment and I've been enjoying it I'm not sure whether it's going to have a conclusion to it, but I do want to kind of see the rest of it just to find out. The other thing that they cancelled was Schooled as well, which was a spin-off from the Goldbergs, I think. That was a surprise that that got dropped because it's got such a big name attached to it, you know. Over at Fox, there was a couple of things. There was a Jason Biggs 
printed sitcom called Outmatched and Stephen Dorff procedural called Deputy, which got canned. CW, of course, cancelled absolutely nothing once again this year. No, they only add things. They yes. don't they don't cancel things. Things may come to a conclusion, but there's there's no there's no cancelling. No, <laughs> just no. more, just more things until everything on TV is mostly just made out of DC shows, I think. That is sort of where they're heading at the moment. Because of course we've got the 100 coming to an end, Supernatural and Arrow finished this year, mm-hmm. but they haven't actually cancelled anything. They've just wait for shows to end naturally and then they replace them with stuff. So that's great. Anything particular out of the cancellations you were sort of sorry to see go? Well, I did want to watch Emergence, so that's probably on the list just because now I don't know if it's worth starting. So that yeah. seems a bit of a shame. Like sometimes these shows, the sci-fi shows, I do find with some sci-fi shows, they take too long to kind of get going and therefore just yeah. get cancelled too quick. And I think people need to start their shows with a bit more of a bang so that they'll, yeah. well, they'll get to keep going we saw it things like dollhouse and stuff like that years ago yeah. you know started slightly too slow got amazing just as it was cancelled and um i mm. see that with quite a bit of sci-fi which i find a little bit frustrating but yeah the rest of them were mostly shows that aren't really in my area due to their lack of spaceship and yeah. um, <laughs> so it doesn't doesn't affect me too much on that front yeah i mean generally in the uk we didn't do too badly this year there there was one or two things like the abc shows yeah i know there was people upset about single parents getting cancelled and schooled and obviously emergence but a lot of the shows that that got canned were one season things that had never actually been picked up over here so the UK skated over reasonably lightly with those Uh, renewals CW not only didn't cancel anything they basically renewed anything and renewed them back in January so if everything as we said on the CW so all the Arrowverse shows Riverdale uh, Roswell New Mexico all that sort of stuff have you seen any of the Charmed reboot? I have watched a bit of it, yes. Have you seen any of it? I haven't. I'm wondering if I should or not, because part of the reason I liked the original was because it was basically very quickly realised it was nonsense and was very tongue-in-cheek. I've only watched a few episodes of it. I mean, it's fine. I don't think it quite has the charm of the original. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, it, I think it was okay. Lucifer's kind of taken up the mantle that Charmed had being yeah. self-aware and silly but also with you know some dark themes and magic and whatnot yes I don't think Charmed has made the the leap to being self-aware yet but uh, I certainly I'd only seen you know four or five episodes of it so it's difficult to judge really uh, I know there are some people that really like it but I sort of watched a few episodes of it and it, other things got in the way and I never actually went back so I don't know it may be one that I go and look up again over at CBS they renewed 18 shows in total, including things like uh, Magnum PI, SWAT SEAL Team, all the NCISs, Blue Bloods, Bull, the FBI series, Evil, uh, Young Sheldon obviously got renewed. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there was a, a good selection. If you like your sort of procedurally things and, and that sort of stuff, there's, I mean, you know, CBS has really got you covered there. ABC picked up The Rookie, which was one that we were waiting for Stumptown that's all been renewed Goldberg's Connors Mixedish Blackish they'd already renewed Good Doctor Grey's Station 19 they'd already been renewed Fox renewed 911-911 Lone Star Prodigal Son The Resident all the animations have been renewed like Bob's Burgers Duncanville Family Guy Simpsons and uh, M- 
NBC, they'd already handed out these huge renewals, three-season renewals to This Is Us, New Amsterdam, uh, all the Chicago's, Law and Order SVU, Brooklyn Nine-Nine was renewed back last year, so that's already been picked up. Superstore, Blacklist, Good Girls, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and Manifest were the last two to get picked up. But uh, I'm extremely happy that Zoe's is coming back because it's such an incredible series. Yeah, and, uh, I need to try watching it based on just how much passion and enthusiasm you have for it even though i don't like musicals particularly i'm tempted just based on how much you love that show yeah i mean me and matt absolutely adore this series and i i'm so happy that that got picked up again because it's wonderfully odd i'm quite happy that manifest got picked up it's a fairly sort of run-of-the-mill sci-fi lost light <laughs> kind of thing but um i did enjoyable enough you know and i'm quite happy that they picked that back up again it's good to have those slightly different shows out there so yeah i was happy those got picked up manifest was the was the last one out of the renewal there are a couple of shows which are still MIA um, Katie Keene which is the CW series and Council of Dads which is an NBC series both of those we haven't got renewals or cancellations for yet but they both started mid-season so we wouldn't expect renewals or cancellations for them until later on anything particular out the renewals you were happy that came back? Again a lot of them aren't really ones in my area I'm not adding very much to this bit of the conversation am I? <laughs> <laughs> just, just back to the spaceships Back to the spaceships. <laughs> Although they have all got renewed and stuff, there is a slight issue in that normally we would have a bunch of pilots and stuff shot by now and we'd have clips and we'd have bits and pieces for new shows. There have been some pilot pickups, but up until pretty much this week, nothing has been shooting in Hollywood because of the coronavirus. Everything's been shut down, which causes a slight problem because it means means that there has been something of a delay in what might happen in the rest of the year. So the full season, which would usually start about middle of September, the chances are that that is now not going to happen. So full season is likely not to be mid-September. And that, of course, has a knock-on effect that moves everything else back and also messes around with the schedule in the UK as well. So uh, CW's solution to the full season problem of not having shows recorded was to move their full season to January. So, <laughs> so basically, all the shows that they've renewed, nothing new is going to start airing until January 2021. So that's their solution, um, was just to move all their new shows into January. So all, all the Arrowverse and all that sort of stuff is moving forward. What they've done is they've moved some of their summer shows into September, so things like The Outpost and Pandora, which are running on sci-fi over here. Those shows are going to get moved into the September slot as new series. They've also picked up Dead Pixels, that great E4 comedy to air over there as well. So uh, they've picked that up. But they are saying the final season of Supernatural, those last few episodes which they haven't filmed, they're tr going to try and film those towards the end of the summer and they're going to put the rest of the episodes of Supernatural out. So that's good. They will be out sometime between September and December. CBS and NBC and ABC are actually taking a slightly different tack and they're saying that their full seasons will go out pretty much as normal in most cases, although they are saying that their full season might be a bit more staggered and might end up being later than September. But basically what they're saying is there's a lot of procedurals that 
film for CBS and NBC and procedurals are a lot easier to film than something like a sci-fi because there's less visual effects and stuff. So their turnaround is a lot quicker. So they're basically saying that they think that they can get those out a lot faster. So even if they don't start filming until, say, early September, they can have stuff on air in mid-October, November. So they are saying that their full season will go out kind of as normal, but it will be a little bit later, quite possibly. They have moved a couple of shows around, a couple of shows which might be a bit more complicated to air next year and have basically been pushed to mid-season, so around January 2021, but most of their procedural stuff is all going to be going out around about autumn. Fox have sort of done a mixture of both and they've moved some of their shows to mid-season, but they're quite lucky in that, one, they have a bunch of animated shows, which obviously are are already in production because they're animated. So Simpsons Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, they're all going to air in the full season they actually had a couple of new dramas which they'd already shot one called Filthy Rich starring Kim Cattrall and one called Next which was about an AI those are both already shot and in the can so they're basically keeping those and they will launch in the autumn that's how Fox is sort of handling it obviously in the UK that means that things like the Arrowverse won't be returning in September they will have to find something else to fill that gap on Sky One it's also possibly the reason that shows like SWAT and MacGyver haven't returned in the UK because they kind of announced that they were coming back at the end of May and then they weren't and then they were coming back in June and then they weren't and we think what they've actually done is decided to hold them back for later in the year so they can yeah. cover and over we some used of the to have a lot of things on TV where they would just air the series before and then air the series as it came out so I'm wondering if TV is going to go back to that because we used to get a lot more repeats yeah we and did I think there is merit and if a show is good it has rewatched so I wonder if they'll dial back a couple of seasons and then just run through things to catch people up, which could be cool because it could bring a lot more people into shows. Yeah, that is and true. And the new seasons out for them when everyone can have their new their new seasons out. So I think it might be a nice way of doing that. Or they could just pull out like the original versions of anything they're about to run remakes for. I think that would be really fun. Yeah. The other thing, of course, is there are a lot of these shows. As you mentioned, there were a bunch of things that got cancelled after one season and there are also a bunch of shows which you know US shows that don't have a UK home there are things like Evil which haven't been picked up yet and there are things like Prodigal Son which haven't been picked up Legacies which is the spin-off from Vampire Diaries which is in its like fourth season or something uh, sorry third season it's been renewed for its third season and that's not been picked up yet there's a, a Million Little Things which is a family drama that's got two seasons already that's not being picked up there's In the Dark which is a CW show and that's not being picked up yet. The Nancy Drew series hasn't been picked up. So there's a whole bunch of stuff which haven't been picked up at all in the UK yet. So it's not like they're short of things that they could pick up as original shows and air over here. The only issue with that is if they don't want to then continue with them, they're sort of somewhat committed to buying the next seasons of them if they've been renewed for more seasons. The other option is you do pick up some of the shows 
which only ran for one season and use them to plug the gaps. I think that would be good. Maybe some of those things that only had one season originally would suddenly gain a huge fan base and we'd see them getting very late delayed pickups for yeah. another season. Who knows? I think it's an opportunity, though, to put some, some interesting programming out that wouldn't normally get a chance to get aired again. Yeah, I think it might be a way of giving a bit of extra life to uh, some of those shows that look kind of interesting. We'll have to see what happens. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting end of autumn season over here while they scrabble around to find new things to be able to entertain people in the UK, I think. One show which did actually get a UK pickup, which hadn't been picked up so far, uh, Stargirl has been given a premiere date in the UK on Amazon Prime. That's coming on Friday the 21st of August. That's coming to Amazon Prime UK, which I'm very happy about because that looks like it could be quite a fun superhero series. It's Technically, it's a DC Universe series, although it is made by Belanti and it is also now airing on the CW. So there is a possibility it will get roped into the Arrowverse crossovers, which is going to confuse things horrifically again. But... <laughs> At this point, I, I think that it's all timey-wimey and crossoveriness, and they might as well just throw every show into a crossover at this point. Yeah, well, they, they kind of did that when they did the Crisis on Infinite Earth thing. They gave nods to various different things. Like, I think they showed a clip of Stargirl in there, and they showed the Titans. So they are kind of mixing them all together, even if they didn't have major parts to play. So there may be some more crossover stuff with them yet, but at the moment, don't know. Uh, but So the fact that it's on a different channel over here might not be a huge problem, but we'll have to wait and see. In terms of new pilots that they have actually ordered in the US, they have got a, a couple of things that have been picked up. CW picked up that Kung Fu series, which we've been talked about, which is a remake of the old Kung Fu series, but with a female lead. We've talked many times about that, so I won't go into a huge amount of detail, but that that is, is one coming. They've got Republic of Sarah as well, which sounds quite fun. It's a, a little town that is facing destruction at the hands of a greedy mining company, and a teacher uses an obscure cartographical loophole to declare it an independent nation which I rather like the idea of so it's called the Republic of Sarah which yeah. I, it I, looks like a fun little idea I'm, yeah. I'm curious as to how many series you can get out of that idea unless they are a very successful little republic um, yeah. and are very self-sustaining but nevertheless I like the fact they've picked something that's a bit quirky and a bit different as a jumping off point for a narrative yes I do like the sound of that that's coming to the CW the Superman and Lois series is the latest Arrowverse one that uh, has been picked up so that is coming and Walker which is the uh, remake of Walker Texas Ranger starring Jared Padalecki that is also being made for the CW which I'm sure was, has a built-in fan base already it, so. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah it causes me confusion because of course it is a mix of something I very much like and something I very much I'm not fussed by <laughs> yes I know <laughs> so there's that pilot still in contention at the CW uh, that remake of the Lost Boys is still floating around there oh, is uh, I wanted that one <laughs> yeah that is still in contention they've done what they called they've rolled that so it means that it is still about but it rolled onto the next sort of round of pickups so um, it may still come sooner rather than later we don't know there is a political drama called Maverick which is about set in a present day in America which finds itself under an authoritarian rule and it follows the president's daughter who goes off to university and then 
gets her to be involved in political activism, but on the opposite side to her father, essentially. That, I mean, I, who knows? Uh, that could be interesting. There's uh, the Green Arrow and the Canary series, which was the backdoor piloted thing from Arrow. That is still apparently floating around in contention. And the 100 prequel series is still floating around, which is set 97 years before the event of the original series. Yeah, and you wonder that- why they didn't set it 100 years before, but um, yeah, I, should, I, I don't want to question that too much. Have you seen that backdoor pilot? Is that actually looking at the yet, stuff no. in space or is that still stuff on Earth? Is this the sci-fi series that just refuses to be in space still? It is. It begins with the end as the nuclear apocalypse decimates the human population of Earth. It doesn't follow the group that goes into space. It's based around the survivors on the ground learning to cope with the dangerous world while fighting to create a new and better society from the ashes of what came before. So it's... it's so post-apocalyptic drama pretending to be sci-fi again. Yes, basically. God damn is. it. I'm sure fans of the uh, the 100 series will really, really enjoy it. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, when the, the 100 started, I thought, oh my goodness, it's going to be so interesting because I thought it was going to be 50-50, the mm. people up in space and the people on the ground. And then it just wasn't. <laughs> yeah, everybody ends up on the ground eventually. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, I do enjoy that series. It's a fun drama, but yeah. I, and I like the fact that they alter it every season as well. There are kind of quite major changes each season. So yeah, they're willing to fun. keep it fresh and there's a lot of good actors and good faces in there. Yeah. Don't know about the prequel to that. And again, the Green Arrow series, we don't know about that yet. But uh, th- those are the still apparently in contention at the CW. So they're possibilities. NBC picked up a couple of things. One called Big Sky, which is from David E. Kelly, the guy behind Bid Little Lies and a whole bunch of other things, uh, which is a, a kind of um, procedural cop dramery thing, although it would be much higher profile than that. You've got a thing called Call Your Mother, which is a sitcom. Again, I'm not massively interested in either of those. The ones that I am actually interested in on ABC, The Brides, which is a contemporary reimagining of, of Dracula, which is described as a vampire soap, and it follows the brides of Dracula who have kind of escaped him and gone out into the wider world. That sounds like it could be quite fun, I think. And it's a Belanti production as well. There is uh, 30-something else, which is a sequel to the late 80s, early 90s series, 30-something. There is an Aaron Brockovich-style legal drama called Rebel, which is starring Katie Seagull, and Triage, which is a medical drama from the guy behind Crazy Rick's Agents and Eric Messer, who is one of the guys behind Criminal Minds, and um, follows a pioneering surgeon over three distinct decades at the same hospital, which is, is an interesting idea I guess I think The Bride's probably out of that is, is maybe the one closest to being up your alley it, it could be fun I'd be interested to see what direction that takes if it just goes full soapy melodrama that will probably drive me mad if it's if it's a bit more self-aware and it's on the more on the what we do in the shadows kind of side of things and poking fun at itself then possibly possibly I think it's a it's an interesting idea though and uh, yeah not one I would have seen coming so definitely yeah. have a look out for that the cast is quite good. It's Erin Richards, who was Barbara Keane on Gotham, and Gina Torres, of course, from Firefly and Suits, Catherine Reese, who was in Rise and Claws, and Goran Viznich, who is perfect casting for Dracula. Uh, he's from ER and Time 
Nicholas. And I think that was a role he was born to play. So I I, I think that's a, a really good cast for that. So uh, we'll have to see what it's like. And if it gets picked up, there again, that's a pilot that is in contention and not actually picked up yet. So we'll have to wait and see whether that makes it or not. Over on CBS, they picked up Clarice, which is a sort of sequel to Silence of the Lambs and fills in a time period six months after the event of Silence of the Lambs. It's from Alex Kurzman and Jenny Lumet, who are two of the people behind Star Trek Discovery. Stars Rebecca Breeds, who was in Pretty Little Liars. I think she popped up in the originals as well. I think she was in. She was in one of the either originals or Vampire Diaries. I think the biggest problem I think at the time I said when this was originally announced, the biggest problem with this is it's not Hannibal. <laughs> no, it's almost like they just had a, a, a possibly decent good idea for a series and have just kind of attached it to a very famous license that I'm not sure it's actually going to work in its favour because they are presumably going to be going for something with complex psychological profiling and looking at how her life evolves because of her being so closely connected to somebody like that. Mm. However, I just worry it's going to be overshadowed by the license rather than lifted up by it. Yeah, that would be my problem and also the fact that it's on it, it's difficult because it's on CBS and it is clearly going to turn it into a CBS procedural but then they did quite a good job with Sherlock. So you know, I, I think it's heading into possibly that sort of space and I don't know it's difficult to tell. It's we'll a wait and see. see with that one, yeah. Yeah. Another license they picked up was the TV series of The Equalizer which is starring Queen Latifah in the lead role so it's sort of gender switched it from what traditionally has been the lead role of the Equalizer which I'm perfectly happy with uh, it's got Chris Noth in it from The Good Wife and Sex and the City he was Mr Big in Sex and the City this I thought was an interesting idea maybe for a procedural that would also probably work and gender switching the lead to somebody like Queen Latifah that works perfectly well I'm old enough to remember the original TV series with Edward Woodward so it's not a series I'm particularly fussed by either way again I just feel like again it's just something yeah. where they they wanted to make a procedural they wanted to have someone fairly kick-ass as the lead they pick someone fairly kick-ass they then got a license that was reasonably cheap to attach to it that had a decent name because everything has to be called the something or other to be impactful yes. and um, it's presumably just as many of these things are mostly an in-name only kind of thing and I'm sure it'll be all right she's definitely got stage presence but I'm yeah. not I'm not particularly yeah, not, not, not one of your sort of things there is one comedy they picked up called Be Positive which was the one and only pilot that was shot before the shutdown stars Thomas Middlech who you will know is the main lead from uh, Silicon Valley and Anna Lee Ashford who was in Master of Sex the whole premise evolves around a therapist and newly divorced dad who is facing with finding a kidney donor when he runs into Gina a rough around the edges woman from his past who volunteers her kidney together they form an unlikely and life-affirming friendship as they begin a journey that's forever impact both of their lives I mean it's an interesting setup I guess for a comedy I like Thomas Middlech a lot I think he's really funny it's Chuck Lorre is the man behind it who is the award-winning producer behind pretty much every major American comedy so it's got a good team behind it it's not a premise that particularly draws me in very much but because of the star and because of who producing it I think it's one that I may try and watch a few episodes of and see whether it's any good pilot still in contention there is one called Good Sam which stars Sophia 
Sophia Bush as a heart surgeon who embraces her leadership role after a renowned and pompous boss falls into a coma. When he awakes, he wants to resume surgery. However, it falls to her to supervise this overbearing blowhard who never acknowledges her talents and also happens to be her father. So it's actually down as a drama, not a comedy, although I think this sounds like it could be very much in a dramedy kind of area. But uh, the dad in this is played by Jason Isaacs, and I would watch Jason Isaacs in pretty much anything. So I'm kind of interested to see whether that gets picked up, but that's called Good Sam. There is a comedy called Jury Duty starring Megan Rath from Hawaii Five-0, which is about a bunch of jurors who are sequestered together until they all agree on a verdict and they can't even agree on lunch, which I think sounds like quite an interesting premise and quite fun for a comedy. There is a US version of Raised by Wolves and Ghosts, which are both US versions of the British TV show, and the United States of Al, which is a nither Chuck Lorry comedy, um, I, which really didn't particularly interest me. Not many things that are sort of sci-fi on CBS, but then you don't really expect that from CBS. Over on NBC, they've got a new Law and Order called Law and Order Organised Crime, which sees the return of Christopher Maloney as Elliot Stabler, who is returning to the NYPD to battle organised crime, as the title suggests. I mean, if you're a fan of Law and Order, I'm sure that is one that you're going to love. There is a sitcom from uh, Keenan Thompson. There is uh, one of the new ones that I looked interesting called Mr. Mayor, which is from Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, who are the people behind 30 Rock. Stars Ted Danson as a wealthy businessman who runs for Los Angeles mayor for all the wrong reasons. Once he wins, he has to figure out what he stands for, gain the respect of his staff and connect with his teenage daughter all while controlling the coyote population. I love the sound of this purely because it's the guy's from 30 Rock and it's Ted Danson and after what he did with The Good Place I'm all in for this I think it, it sounds, sounds like, like a good mix that one yeah it sounds like it's going to be really good the other one which I'm very unsure about when I heard that they were making it but the premise sounds really bizarre it's called Young Rock and as you would expect it follows the formative years of Dwayne The Rock Johnson there's no real explanation about exactly what this series is but it is based around real life stories and it sounds like it's going to be bookended by The Rock. So Dwayne Johnson is going to be there starting off telling these stories and then they're going to have a young actor playing these stories out. So it's things like his life as a kid in Hawaii, getting arrested, getting into trouble, which apparently he did quite a lot of. Uh, He then gets evicted off the island and they all have to move to Nashville, Tennessee, where he also continued getting into trouble. It sounds like he just had a fascinating, weird, bizarre upbringing and it's just going to be a bunch of stories telling that and recreations of that it's like somebody saw everybody hates Chris which is Chris Brock and then went who else can we do this with Brock Brock (laughs) (laughs) you know um, but I I, yeah I'm kind of intrigued by this because like the Rock is just so charismatic yeah and every time you see him on screen I've seen him on loads of panel shows and talk shows and stuff like that because I I am uh, into uh, or very much was still am a bit but was into wrestling when I was younger <laughs> and stuff. So, and he was always just just this charismatic person. Obviously, then he went to to Hollywood and just continued to just be just relentlessly charismatic at people. And yeah, I'm kind of intrigued by this as I'm assuming it's going to be quite tongue in cheek and a sort of slightly yeah. dramedy version of his young life. I 
think that could be could be good fun. Yeah, not the sort of show that I would usually watch, but it does sound like such a weird, based in reality kind of series that I yeah, it's one that I may go and see. It's got the rock in it, so I'm probably going to see yeah it because of that. exactly. Um, what is most interesting with NBC and the things that they haven't picked up yet? They're really dragging their feet on their stuff. So they've got twelve shows still with pilot potential. A selection of them though include Landon, which is the TV series based around uh, the Robert Landon novels and uh, stars Succession's Ashley Zuckerman in the league role as Robert Landon. Again, only piloted at the moment, so we don't know whether that's going to get picked up, but it's essentially taking the Da Vinci Code stuff and turning it into a procedural, which, I mean, okay, fine. Again, it sounds like another one of these CBS type things of taking a license and turning it into procedural drama. They have got a couple of sci-fis, though. In fact, they've got three sci-fis, which looked really interesting. One called La Brea, which sees a sinkhole open up in LA, separating a family with half of them falling into the hole and ending up in a primeval world. So, journey to the centre of the earth, but not effectively. Yes. So there's that, which I think sounds quite intriguing. There's a sci-fi called Echo, which sees people sent back into the bodies of victims to prevent crimes before they happen, which sounds somewhat a little bit like yeah. Travellers. Uh, well, it also, just, just a tiny bit quantum leap with crime added. Yeah, very much in that sort of area. <laughs> like you didn't want to quite remake either of those other things, yeah. so they've just sort of done something slightly different. Yes, it does sound like Quantum Leap or Travellers, very much. Uh, and Debris, which is another sci-fi which follows two agents from different continents who are investigating a alien spaceship crash which has a mysterious effect on humankind apparently not a huge amount to go on but i mean it's it's aliens spaceships and fbi so little bit x-files maybe possibly Possibly. i'm wondering if it's gonna go for the whole everything revolves around the twist kind of plot with the what is the effect on humans and why yeah i feel it sort of gives that kind of vibe but yeah you can't tell from one sentence yeah they have got a few interesting sci-fis potentially in contention still there so uh, we'll see whether any of those get picked up lastly over on fox they've definitely picked up call me Cat, which is essentially a remake of Miranda, the British TV series starring Mayan Bianic from Big Bang Theory, who I think is a perfect bit of casting for an American version of Miranda. I mean, that seems to work, I think. There's Housebroken, which is an animated comedy from Sharon Horgan, who is the person behind Catastrophe and Divorce. And I rather like the sound of this, explores human dysfunction and neurosis through a group of neighbourhood animals who live in the suburbs. This sounds brilliant. The voice cast includes Lisa Kudrow, Cleo Duval from Veep and American Horror Story. Sharon Horgan is one of the voices. Will Fort, Tony Hale, a bunch of other people as well. So they've got a great voice cast for it. I love the idea that it's a bunch of dysfunctional animals that live in the suburbs. I think that sounds like it could be quite good fun as an animated series. Yeah, reminds me, it's probably going to be a slightly friendlier version of there was a puppet series that used to be on later on 4 called Pets, I think it was. Yes. So I'm guessing somewhere between that and your American animated comedies, which yeah. could be quite good fun. And I like the idea that it's not just, you know, the standard family unit being parodied that we that we have in quite a few animated series at the moment and uh, take it to a slightly more full breaking almost idea where it's the pets looking in at the people. Yeah, I like the idea of it. I think it sounds like it could be quite good fun. 
Blood. So um, that's definitely coming. Pilot's still in contention. There is a thing called Blood Relative, which is essentially a procedural, but using genealogy as the theme behind sort of finding the crime drama. It's a forensic genealogy-themed crime drama starring Tate Donovan, apparently. So there's that. There's one called The Cleaning Lady, which stars a lady young from The Defenders. She's a Cambodian doctor who ends up going into hiding when the system fails her and she becomes an illegal immigrant and she ends up as a cleaning lady for the mob. And I I can't quite figure out whether cleaning lady means cleaning lady or cleaning lady means cleans up crimes cleaning lady. (laughs) I'm I'm guessing it means cleans up murders and stuff for the mob. Interesting one. And uh, there's, there's a US remake of this country, the British mockumentary series, which uh, stars Sean William Scott as well. And there's a really bizarre idea, which is uh, one about a new substitute teacher who finds herself helping three students with the impossibly ambitious project of making a shot for shot remake of The Goonies, (laughs) which is such a weird thing. He hasn't got a title that show, but that apparently is still in contention at Fox. It's such a weird idea. To get the green light for. Yes, that is apparently still in contention there as well. That could be interesting. So that's all the pilot stuff. Anything particular leap out at you? I think for me, it's going to have to be Superman and Lois. Obvious choice. Yes. And The Rock. It's just <laughs> called The Rock now in my mind. Yes, yes. New show rock. which contains The Rock, Young Rock. Uh, yes. Whatever. It's got The Rock in it. I think that's probably going to be the things. But um, also Mr. Mayor sounds quite interesting as well. Yes, those are definitely good picks. I'm kind of intrigued by some of the ones that they haven't yet picked up on uh, NBC. Some of those. And it worries me that there are sci-fis on NBC because they tend not to go down particularly well. But kind of interested by some of those. But yes, definitely Mr. Mayor, I think, is one that I would go for. Um, I'm kind of intrigued to see Clarice and obviously Superman and Lois and Republic of Sarah, I think, looks interesting as well, out of the ones that we definitely know. So uh, obviously you don't know where they'll end up in the UK or when they'll end up in the UK, but um, those are, are ones that will either be turning up possibly in the autumn, more likely probably next year, though, pretty much for most of those. One thing that is coming soon, though, there was a uh, trailer that Netflix released and a July premiere date for Warrior Nun, which comes from Simon Barry, who is the person behind Ghost Wars and Continuum. Ghost Wars didn't go down particularly well, but I thought Continuum was a great series. Based on a manga, do you know the manga for this? Because I don't. It's American, so it's a sort of manga-inspired manga <laughs> American yeah. comic book series, assuming it's the one I'm thinking of, which I've not read, yeah. but I, I have heard of. And in the vein of, we've had so many conversations where I've said, I didn't expect that to get picked up for an adaptation. This is definitely in that list because it's the subject matter, uh, having a warrior nun in a slightly superhero type version of a nun's habit has caused both positive and negative reaction from all sides in, in its run and um i yeah i'm intrigued to see how they how they move forward with this one because it is quite an unusual book but it isn't one i've read myself the official strap line says warrior and revolves around a 19 year old woman who wakes up in a morgue with a new lease on life and a divine artifact embedded in her back she discovers she is now part of an ancient order that has been tasked with fighting demons on earth and powerful forces represent both heaven and hell want to find and control her 
her. So that's the setup for it. I don't really know any of the cast. Uh, it's a Portuguese actress that is in called Alba Baptista is in the lead role as Eva. Um, I, I honestly don't know most of the rest of the cast. They seem to be a sort of collection of Portuguese and American actresses and stuff, So uh, or actors and stuff. It is in English language as far as I'm aware. But yes, it sounds like an interesting one. There is a trailer up on the website for that, and it is landing on the 2nd of July, the first season of Warrior Nun, if you want to go and check that out on Netflix. So uh, it's 10 episodes, apparently, the first season. One to go and look out for. Yeah, uh, curious to see if they kind of go down the more slightly Buffy-esque route with it, or if they're going for the yeah. sort of more serious drama route and stuff like that. They've also slightly changed the, the main character's name, so I'm wondering how close it is going to run right. to those comics based on the um, the, the difference I can see in the, in the trailer to the comics as well. Hmm. Curious. Yeah, Netflix has been really on it this week. There's a couple more trailers, well, another trailers and images and stuff. They also released a trailer for Cursed, which is the Arthurian legend series from Tom Wheeler and Frank Miller, which is centred around Nimu, played by Catherine Langford from 13 Reasons Why. She's a young woman with a mysterious gift who is destined to become the most powerful and tragic lady of the lake. So that's the lead that are actually taking this time. Uh, after her mother's death, she finds an unexpected partner in Arthur and a humble mercenary in a quest to find Merlin and deliver an ancient sword. Over the course of her journey, Nimu will become a symbol of courage and rebellion against the terrifying red paladins and their complicit King Uther. Cursed is a coming-of-age story whose themes are familiar to our own time. The obliteration of the natural world, religious terror, senseless war, and finding courage to lead in the face of the impossible. Catherine Lamford in the lead, Gustav Skarsgård from Vikings and Westworld is playing Merlin, Devon Terrell, who was in Ophelia and the Professor playing Arthur. Those are sort of the some of the main lead cast. This sounds kind of interesting. It's intriguing because it's not a story I've ever seen explored very much. So I do see some potential in that. And we don't see a huge amount based around the sort of Arthurian legends on TV and, and the big screen at the moment. So yeah, I think there's a there's an interesting niche that they can that they can fill there. That's called Cursed and that's landing on Netflix on the 17th of July. And there is a trailer for that up on the website if you want to go and catch that. And uh, the other thing is Umbrella Academy. They released some first look photos and more importantly, they released a synopsis for the first time, an official synopsis of the uh, series. So Umbrella Academy, which I know we both absolutely love. Five warned his family so, so many times that using powers to escape from Vanya's 2019 apocalypse was risky. Well, he was right. And the time jump scatters the siblings in time in and around Dallas, Texas over a three-year period starting in 1960. Some having been stuck in the past for years have built lives and moved on. Certain they're the only ones who survived. Five is the last to land smack down in the middle of a nuclear doomsday, which, spoiler alert, turns out is the result of the group's disruption of the timeline. Deja vu, anyone. Now the Umbrella Academy must find a way to reunite, figure out what caused doomsday, put a stop to it and return to the present timeline and stop that other apocalypse, all while being hunted by a trio of ruthless Swedish assassins, but seriously, no pressure or anything. I think that sounds fantastic. Um, I, uh, I love the first series, so yeah. I'm sold. I, I, yeah. I want this now. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds like it's going to be brilliant, brilliant fun. There's no trailers yet, but there are some photos up on the website that the second season of Umbrella Academy is landing 31st of July. So um, yeah, Netflix got you covered throughout July for new things starting. 
definitely worth looking out for. That's all the news for this week. We have a couple of highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week. There are only two things coming up next week. One of them is APB, which was a one-season show. It was one season and then cancelled. This is one of the things that I was talking about, about them picking up one-season cancelled shows and using them to fill gaps. Billionaire tech genius Gideon Reeves takes control of Chicago's troubled 13th precinct after his friend is brutally murdered and bleeds out in his arms. Can Gideon's new gadgets and toys turn things around for the local police? Comes from Matt Nix, who was the creator of Burn Notice. lasted one season but it sounded like kind of an interesting premise so just be aware that you're not going to see more of it if you uh, if you watch this but uh, 24th of june at 9 p.m on fox that starts and then dark which is the uh, german language horror drama that is coming back for its third and final season that is on the 27th of june on netflix so that's all the stuff we've got for this week you are very busy on your streaming these days where can they find you when can they find you you can find me as trista bites spelt b-y-t-e-s because i thought i was being funny with a pun over on facebook twitter and instagram i'm also on youtube and i'm streaming seven times a week i think it is now over on twitch so i do daytime streams to keep anyone who is um furloughed or working from home or generally stuck in company where we talk about all kinds of geeky things and we just basically go off on tangents about movies tv series comic books and nostalgia as well lots of chatting about 80s and 90s general shows toys cartoons and things like that and in the evening streams we do the gameplay type stuff and those saturday scream streams seem to now be a a regular fixture for anyone that wants to watch me be utterly utterly terrified for about four hours on a saturday evening they are very good fun those are definitely definitely worth going to watch so along with bex you can go and find matt over on entertainmenttalk.org and he's got lots of podcasts over there for various different shows and uh, he's got things releasing all the time so worth going to check him out as well for us of course you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 No, no, it's fine. We found her. I've fallen in another one now. (laughs) (laughs) Just sounds like he's laughing at you now. (laughs) He was laughing at me to start with. It's Echo the Dolphin. It's it's not Flipper. (laughs) Oh, dear. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.